0: Sometimes when our kids and students are in the middle of a big emotion, it can cause us as the adult to react instead of respond. And underneath that knee-jerk reaction is usually an unmet need. When we focus so much on the needs of our students and our kids, we often forget about our own needs, which is usually in the name of selflessness and martyrdom. However, when we start to make connections with our own emotions and prioritize our own needs, We can show up better for everyone around us, even something as simple as asking yourself, what am I feeling right now? Am I hungry? Am I thirsty? Am I tired? We usually can't make rational choices if our basic needs aren't being met. And my guest today talks with me about how we can prioritize ourselves and how to drop the guilt so we can hold space for our kids, especially when they need us most. And we are going through a lot of very practical strategies that you can start today to learn how to respond instead of react. And after the show, go ahead to empowerededucator.com/slash ebook, where you can download my free book, 24 Ways to Find Calm in Your Busy World. And here you will find 24 ways to feel more ease and joy by noticing the things that are all around you that are usually out of sight. I did all the work for you, and it's yours for free. So download your copy today at empowerededucator.com ebook. Remember all the passion and vision you had when you first went into teaching? Feeling like building young minds and creating community through your work would make a lasting impact on this world? Well, those days may feel like they're behind you now because you're exhausted, stressed, and overwhelmed and frustrated. But I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be like this. In fact, the love of teaching never really went away but it absolutely needs transformation. Welcome to the Take Notes podcast. I'm Jen Rafferty, former music teacher, mom of two, and certified emotional intelligence practitioner. And I'm here to light the way for you. In order to create a generational change for our kids, we need to shift the paradigm away from the perpetual stress and overwhelm and into a life of joy and fulfillment. This is Education 2.0, where you become the priority, shift how you live your life, and how you show up both at work and at home. So take a sip of steamy morning coffee and grab your notebook. It's time to take notes. Hello and welcome back to Take Notes. I cannot wait to share our conversation today with Elizabeth Andreevsky. She is a stress coach for moms and is the host of Emotionally Healthy Legacy podcast and also a mom of four. She is super passionate about mental health and emotional wellness and And really helps overwhelmed moms reduce the mental stress so they can respond with patience and calm towards their kids. She teaches proactive ways to be less stressed, prioritizing mom's needs without guilt, and ways to regulate emotions when you're feeling triggered. And I cannot wait to dive into this conversation, Elizabeth, because... While some of the people who are listening might not be biological parents, we as teachers certainly use this role that we have and take on this role of parent sometimes to our kids. So I cannot wait to dive in. So thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad to be here.
1: I'm excited for this conversation.
0: Yes. Yes. So I would love to know, how did you come to be a stress coach? What was this path that led you here to where you are today?
1: Yeah. So my story started a few years ago when I, at that time I had three kids and my youngest boy, he was just one of those that you constantly had to keep an eye on. It seemed like he was like a curious George on steroids. You would constantly get into trouble. And so one of my friends suggested for me to go to counseling, like parenting counseling. I did. And I was introduced to a whole new world of parenting. There's a big shift right now. They talk about it a lot on social media, but it's a gentle parenting approach. I was raised in the traditional type of parenting home. And that's what I was doing with my kids until that point. And I've never heard of gentle parenting before. So this was like the first time I came across it. And it was a lot about allowing our kids to have emotions by teaching them safe ways to express it, focusing on emotional connection with your kids, therefore cooperation, co-regulation, staying calm when the kids are having emotional outbursts and I tried a lot implementing it at first and I kept like I was failing more than I was succeeding. I kept trying to come alongside my kids when they were struggling, but I kept being triggered. I kept feeling like their emotions would suck me into it. I felt so reactive instead of like being calm and patient and present. Around the same time, I ended up buying a course that taught me how to prioritize my needs and take care of myself. And without guilt, I ended up getting up in the mornings before my kids and using that time to set myself up for success. I started incorporating healthy habits that would calm my nervous system down that supported my mental and physical well-being. And I noticed a significant change throughout the day. That I was able to be a lot more calm and grounded. I felt a lot less triggered by my kids. I felt like I had more tolerance room when things weren't going my way. And I was just a lot more patient and able to actually have the mental space and energy to implement the parenting strategies I was learning in counseling. I was kind of thinking about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, more moms need to know this. So many moms feel like they're failing at motherhood because they're reacting, raising their voice, maybe experiencing mom rage. And the root of that is they have unmet needs. They're completely running and empty. They're so exhausted and all they need is extra support instead of beating themselves up with mom guilt.
0: Wow. That's huge. And I know that that resonates with so many people, uh, especially people who are listening right now, because I think it's even more exponential as moms. But you could even just take away the word mom and (laughs) and say teacher. And and really, all of that is true. And I want to talk something about unmet needs, you know, something that I talk a lot about in Empowered Educator spaces is that the most generous thing we can do for other people is take care of ourselves. And I love that how you're saying that when we're feeling reactive, when we're feeling triggered or we're feeling that rage or that overwhelming emotion, a lot of the root of that comes from our unmet needs. And we often don't think about it in that way. So I'm hoping, can you talk a little bit more about how do we discover some of our unmet needs?
1: Yeah. So with my clients, we start out with the basics, like basic, basic, and we go back to getting enough sleep and eating meals. Why? Because when you're sleep deprived, your brain literally doesn't have the energy to make positive choices. It shifts to the emotional part of the brain and you're going to be more reactive. Just like when you have a baby and You haven't had a good night's sleep in a while. You're so much more triggered. You're so much more snappy. You're so much more frustrated. And it's not because like you're bad mom or anything. You're just struggling. Your brain literally is focused on your unmet need and has a hard time regulating your emotions. Uh, Same thing when you're hungry. You're hangry. Your kids are hangry, right? When they're hungry. They're so much more likely to get into a fight with their sibling. Everything seems to bother them when they're tired and they're hungry. So we oftentimes, as moms, kind of don't even notice that. Like, we'll just get up in the mornings. We go, 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 make breakfast. We drop the kids off. We come home. We rush, 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 rush. We just had one cup of coffee, a handful of gummy bears, and it's 4 p.m. And we're yelling at our kids and not even recognizing that we literally had no food all day long. Right? Mm -hmm. And so... I always start out with the basics and I also teach my moms when you find yourself reacting like and you're getting all frustrated, if at all possible, let's take a moment and take a break and remove yourself from a situation. Yes, if you're driving in the car, that's not possible. But if you're at home with the kids, you're making dinner, everything seems chaotic. You feel like you're getting all tense and frustrated and raising your voice. That's like a sign for you that something's going on. We got to address it, okay? So you might be overstimulated, right? Like with all the noise and chaos because you haven't had a moment just to like breathe. You might be hungry. You might be just exhausted. You might be just pulled in so many different directions at the same time, right? So if you can remove yourself from a situation and tell your kids, hey, I need a minute, like five minutes, mama needs to take a break and go to the bathroom, go to your room. If you need to turn on screen time for them, I do that with my kids and like, I take that, I lay down on my bed, I close my eyes, I take some breath and I'm like, okay, what is going on? I'm feeling really overwhelmed right now. What am I feeling overwhelmed? I feel like so overstimulated. There's so much noise happening. What is going on? Uh, I feel like I've been in a conflict with my husband and I haven't had time to just like process it. It's just all sitting up inside of me and my kids are like triggering. I didn't feel seen or heard by him. And that's the root, you know, you just kind of like go backwards and work through it. Or it's like, I feel like I'm pulled in so many different directions. Why? Because I said yes to too many things. Why? Because I'm a people pleaser. Okay, we got to like work through that. So what can I do? Right? That's what I help you figure out. What is going on? What's the root of you being so overwhelmed and so triggered? There's always an underlying thing. And we get to it and then we address it we take action, right? And it's like, if you're hungry, okay, grab yourself like a granola bar or some protein or something like that to just fill you up a little bit. Are you just thirsty? Do you need to put the kids to bed a little bit earlier so you can go to bed a little bit earlier, right? Do you need to take some things off your plate? Do you need to ask for more help, right? Like there's always a reason why you're reacting. Always, always.
0: You know, I love that you took us through some of those scenarios because that makes it so real. You know, you can certainly identify yourself within those stories or kind of fill in the blanks, right? And and fill in your own stories there because it's so real. And we don't often talk about it because there's so much shame and guilt that goes along with this. But, you know, when you said when your child is acting in a certain way, you go through those questions. Did they eat are they hungry? Do they need to poop? <laughs> like they, these are all things that like we yes. ask about our kids, right? But we don't often take the time to be reflective about how we're feeling because taking time for ourselves opens up a door for needing something. And because of this world that we live in, right? This patriarchal world that is just in the air that we breathe, needing something is oftentimes, more often than not, associated with shame, guilt, self-judgment, as in I should be able to do it all. I should be able to have everything together. What's wrong with me? So how do you go about walking your clients through giving themselves permission to have needs and to ask for what they need so their needs are met? So here's my view on this.
1: Technically, you could try to do it all. But what happens when you do? You get overwhelmed. You get stressed out. Something is going to give, right? When you try to do it all, something's going to give, and it's going to be you, your mental, physical, or emotional well being. It's always going to be you, right? If you try to do it all and technically some people do, but they get to a point where they are completely burned out, completely exhausted. It creates so much tension with their family. Their physical health is suffering like it will come at a cost. Eventually it's going to get to that point. So seeing it from that lens that yes, technically I could do it all, but is it sustainable? It's not. Is it actually serving me and my family? It's not. So think about the moments you try to do it all. When you put that pressure on yourself, when you put that expectation, what happens? You get so overwhelmed. You get so stressed out. I heard this analogy and I thought this was great. There's no CEO of a company that is truly successful that does everything themselves. They always have help. like They have People on their team, they do designated things. If one person tries to do absolutely everything, they will eventually burn out, okay? And they're going to crumble. And if you don't pick a time to rest, your body's going to pick it for you. And it will be at a very inconvenient time.
0: I'm so glad you said that because you're right. Your body talks to you all the time, but we're not very good at listening because we have this idea that we can get by or function without acknowledging what our body is trying to tell us. But my question there is, is just getting by good enough? Is that good enough for you? Is it good enough for your family? Is it good enough for the people in in your life? So what kind of ways can you start to listen to your body? Because you're right, if you don't, your body's going to tell you what it needs and it's going to smack you across the face and make sure you are in bed resting, whether it's from a backache or a headache or an illness or something more serious. It's going to make you listen if you don't. So how do we even start that process of becoming aware of what we need?
1: I think what helps to do that is like reflection. And you need to kind of pause oftentimes what I work through with my clients is like, we need to see what are things in your life that are not serving you, some commitments that you took on that we need to kind of release and just let go of for this season. And that will give you some space in your day to just have a time to reflect. Because if you go, 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 you can't even realize what you need because you're just constantly going. You don't have the room like the physical time or the mental time to like reflect. So we do work through like, what is not serving you? What can we delete out of your life right now? Okay. What are we going to focus on? All right. So what are some things that we can do today to support you? So I teach my clients to journal all the time. Journaling really helps you like process and figure out kind of like what is going on. I've been feeling so depleted. I've been feeling so overwhelmed. I feel so bitter at my family. Why? Because I feel like I'm doing everything and nobody helps me out. And everybody keeps asking me to do stuff and I'm just one person. Okay. So we kind of go through it like, okay, well, maybe we need to delegate things to your kids, right? Maybe we need to hire some help. Like we kind of like go backwards and work through all those things and figure out what is the root and how can we actually address something to create change that will trickle down into the rest of like the family.
0: Yeah. And I think asking for help in, in those concrete ways, you're really important. Giving your kids jobs. I guess you fall into this role. We just like do all the things because that's what we think we're supposed to do. But as soon as you give your kids jobs or you ask your partner for help. Or you hire someone to clean your house for you so you have time. So on on a Sunday, you're not spending your day off cleaning your house. You can spend it with your family. These are really important, life-changing choices that's going to really affect how you show up for everybody in your life. Because when you're good, everyone's good.
1: Yes, for sure. I think a lot of moms don't realize that when they're struggling and the energy that kind of comes out when you're frustrated and snappy, like, it seeps into the rest of the family. Like, have you ever had a day where you're just in a bad mood and it just seems to radiate through the house and then like everyone's in a bad mood and then everybody's reacting? But what if like you wake up and you feel good, you feel grounded, you feel supported, you feel like calm and peaceful. And even when your kids wake up in a cranky mood, you're able to come alongside them and just share some of that calm with them instead of getting sucked into their energy or like give negative energy to them. And so that's what I teach you. Those are the things that I teach moms to feel supported, to feel grounded, to feel calm. So then the rest of the family benefits from it. It's not just you, it's the rest of the family. And you get to teach your kids so many positive examples, how to prioritize your needs, how to set healthy boundaries and say no to things that are not serving you, right? How to get over some of the mental blocks that we're like, well, I have to, well, I should be able to do it all. Well, who said that? That's just something that you put on yourself. Like We choose to let go of that. You can choose to shift the way you think and it's going to completely change the way you do life.
0: Oh, 100%. I think that's something that was so interesting to me about, about you and the work that you do in the world and really aligns with what I do here in my work with educators is that we have so much more agency than we realize, that we are truly in the mm-hmm. driver's seat and can decide, yes, no, I want to attach to this belief. I don't want to attach to this belief. This thought is serving me. This thought is not serving me. This expectation that came from my mother, that came from her mother, that came from her mother does not exist in this world that we're living in right now. I'm going to let go of that one. And until we start taking the time to do any sort of reflection like what you were saying that pausing that questioning we're always going to be on this autopilot default which is going to keep us safe the same and same old doing the things that we're not actually working towards we're saying we want something else but the things that we're thinking doing believing aren't aligned with that so everything that you're saying is so on point and One of the things I would love for you to talk a little bit more about is the boundaries piece, because while it can be really easy sometimes to say to your kids, "Okay, I'm tired of picking up after you, you need to pick up after yourself now. And if you don't, these are some of the consequences when we talk about boundaries with the other adults in our lives. With the people we have emotional connections to that can sometimes get a little bit tricky. So can you walk us through some of that process of how do you know that you need a boundary and then how do you communicate it so then you can uphold it?
1: So are we talking about like commitments if somebody's asking you to do something? Sure, um, that, that could okay. be Yeah. I'm okay. So that that's something people. that people have a hard time with boundaries because they feel guilty or feel bad saying no. So if somebody, let's say your plate feels full and then somebody comes up to you and asks you to plan a baby shower because, well, you're good at it, right? Like that's just something you're good at and they're asking you. But when you think about it, they asked you that and you're like, oh my gosh, another thing to do. And you feel like this heaviness and dread, that is a sign from your body that there needs to be a boundary there. If somebody asked you the same thing and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Like, I can't wait to do that. And like, you truly feel that and you feel expansive and you feel like light about it because you do have the space in your schedule to do that. Then that's a sign for you that it's a good thing to do. So there's a saying that every time you say yes to something, you say no to something else, okay? So keep that in mind. That is really, really important when it comes to like commitments. When people ask you to do something and you want to say no, it makes me think of Phoebe from Friends in the first season. She's like, you know, I'd love to, but I don't want to. <laughs> but like, no. So if somebody asks you to like be committed to something and you can't fully say yes, you can't say yes, 100 percent, that's a sign for you to say no. And you can say, thank you for thanking me. I appreciate you asking me at this time. I cannot fully give it the time that it deserves. And that's it. You don't have to explain more. If they try to push it, you say, I appreciate it, but I'm done talking about this topic. It may seem rude, but those people were benefiting from you not having boundaries. If you say to a commitment that you don't fully feel passionate about and that is truly draining you, it's taking time from your family. It's taking time from you to connect with your kids after school. It's taking time from your family dinners, right? It's taking time away from your self-care to actually refill and feel restored so then you can show up to your family. Like I am a person that I have very little commitments and it's on purpose because I know that I get drained quickly with things like that. And whenever somebody asks me something, I need to truly want to say 100% yes. Otherwise, I say no. And it's uncomfortable at first, but the more you practice it, the easier it does get and less uncomfortable, I guess. It's kind of hard. It's uncomfortable to make other people not like you or not be happy with you, especially if you're a people pleaser. That's definitely something that a lot of us, I think, struggle. And that was one of my things that I had to work through. I'm like, I like when people like me. I don't want to disappoint them. But saying no is really, really important. It's really important.
0: Well, you're either putting other people's comfort before your own. Or you're deciding, no, my comfort is more important. And the reason that your comfort is more important, not because you love that person any less, because you love them so much that you want to be able to say yes 100%. Because in that scenario, let's say you're planning this party and you're resentful about it. What kind of party are you throwing when you're coming from a place of emotional resentment? So because exactly. I, love you, I need to say no right now because I can't give it a hundred percent. And I'm I'm happy to yeah. help you in this way or not. You know, there's so many different things. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. you said, you're placing your value in someone else's hands when you want to please them mm-hmm. to affirm your own self-worth. That's where the boundaries become really uncomfortable. But like you said, once you start practicing them, you get so good at this. <laughs>
1: It gets better with practice. Yes, every time you start out something like this, it's uncomfortable at first. And there's this quote that I really like. I don't know who said it, but it's like, if you don't prioritize your life, someone else will do it for you. This is your life and you get to live it once, right? It is really important for you to pick what is important and valuable to you. Because if you don't, other people will pick it for you. And then that's when you are resentful and bitter and overwhelmed and burned out and stress out and end up yelling and screaming at your kids because you haven't had any time to yourself and you're completely stretched thin, and you feel like a complete failure. Well, let's kind of go backwards. Sometimes it's like people pleasing. We just have to work on that and it's going to take care of everything else, right?
0: A hundred percent. And the good news about all of this is, well, you might be the person who is causing all of your effects in your life. You are also the solution to making it better. Yes. And that's when that empowerment comes in. When we feel empowered to, again, be in that driver's seat of our own life, that's when you realize like anything's possible. For sure.
1: You get to decide. I love that. I heard this phrase from the influencer that really transformed my life. But she says this phrase, you get to decide. This is your life. I get to decide what I take on, what I say no to, what boundaries I set. I get to decide because this is my life, okay? And I'm telling your listeners, you get to decide. This is your life. You get to s- decide what's important to you, what your values are, what really matters to you, and you can create a life around that.
0: It's beautiful. And something else I wanna to just touch on that you said that it's so important to highlight here is that that moment when your body shifts, you know whether or not it's an all-in yes or a no. But Mm -hmm. when we think about boundaries and communicating, oftentimes we go to our mind. But what's our bigger communicator is actually our body. Because when someone's asking you that thing, you all know what this feels like. You sense that body shift that's the thing that we need to be listening to, not the justifications in your mind and like, you'll figure it out. And I love this person, so I'm going to make it work. It's your body giving you those messages. And it's finding that time and space to practice listening to your body. That's really going to make all the difference.
1: Yeah. And what you said was great. And if you like somebody asks you something like that in person, you feel uncomfortable too uncomfortable, or you freeze and you can't say no. You can say, thanks for thinking of me. I'll think about it and I'll let you know. And then the next day, send them a text message. Thanks for thinking of me. I appreciate it. Right now, I can't commit to it. I can't give it the time that it deserves. That's it. You don't have to explain. And if that person truly loves you and respects you, they're going to respect that answer. They're not going to be pushy. And if they are, they're manipulative right? Those are some red flags, right? That need to be addressed.
0: Absolutely. And I love how you created a scenario where you, again, are empowered to create space for yourself You mm-hmm. because you might not be comfortable just yet saying, thank you, but no, thank you. There's more of a things are thinking of you. Let me think about it. And then you have that time and space to figure out Exactly how you're going to communicate this respectful decline of whatever. And the thing about those manipulating conversations when someone's pushing you, oftentimes this comes from within our family, right? When, for example, your mom has had this expectation of you all along, but now here you are as a full grown adult (laughs) making a new boundary, sometimes those family dynamics can be tricky. How
1: do you yes. kind of navigate through that? Yeah, so I think one of the is like expectation already coming in and knowing that if a person like that who's maybe a little bit unhealthy emotionally has been like pushing your boundaries, they will get upset knowing that they will get upset. The only people that get upset for you setting boundaries are the ones that have been benefiting from you not having any, okay? So expect that they are gonna be upset expect that you're going to feel uncomfortable. And I think what is super crucial in order for you to stick with your answer is having a support system, having like either another friend or a coach or a coworker or a therapist, somebody that is helping you to make these boundaries, but to stay strong with your answer. And the more you stick with it, that better it gets with time. Like it, it's going to take practice. It's going to be uncomfortable. Some people might get even angry and mad. And guess what? They'll just get over it, right? Because this is how we create a healthier legacy with breaking some unhealthy patterns of the way things have been in our family for generations.
0: Yes. And I'm so glad you said that about support and community, Because we need that. We cannot do this in a vacuum. And that's why we have coaches, we have therapists, we have communities like Empowered Educator, like the Creating Healthy Legacy, like what what you're creating as well. We have these places and spaces where people who have woken up to their agency don't have to do this by themselves. I say often, you can't read the label from inside the wine bottle. (laughs) Yes, You need somebody on the other side to just hold up a mirror sometimes. And that is a sign of strength. It is a sign of awareness. It is a sign of acknowledgement of our humanity and how we get through this life through community. So I'm so glad that you said that. I do need to ask, like I just ask everybody at the end of our interviews together, in your world and what you see and your dream for the future of what could be, what is your dream for the future of education?
1: My dream is for, I think, for moms to get in a better place themselves so that they can educate their kids, right? And be role models for their kids. Because if we want our kids to grow up in like a healthier generation and have healthy boundaries and healthy mental health, emotional well-being, emotional regulation, it starts with us as moms, because you want it or not, you're the CEO of your home and like your kids model and reflect a lot of the things you do. So if you want the future generations to change especially with your kids or if you're a teacher in school, it starts with you from that inner work and then it's going to spill out into the rest. Mm,
0: Yes, yes to all of that. So how can listeners learn more about you, Elizabeth, and learn more about the work that you do in this world?
1: Yeah, so you can follow me along at Emotionally Healthy Legacy at Instagram. That's where I hang out most of the time. I do have a podcast. Also, I give you a lot of helpful support over there, Emotionally Healthy Legacy. And then if you go to my website on there, you can find my course or free stress management call for 30 minutes. We can go through some things that are weighing you down. I can give you some tips and guidance. Or if you're looking for actually one-on-one support and you're ready to implement change and see the change in your life, I do have a one-on-one coaching program
0: fantastic. And all of those links will be right in the podcast notes will be super easy for people to learn more about you, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for your time today. Your message is so important. And it's been a true pleasure just talking with you and getting to know you. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, if you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you leave a five star review. And we'll see you next time on Take Notes. Incredible, right? Together, we can revolutionize the face of education. It's all possible and it's all here for you right now. Let's keep the conversation going at Empowered Educator Faculty Room on Facebook.